Hi, everyone. I'm so excited to introduce the guest today. Her name is Stacia Sinisfet from Wooversity. Stacia is my teacher, healer, and friend, and she has taught me over the past five years not just how to be a better healer, but she's taught me how to go deeper in my own healing process. I can't wait for you to hear from her about her journey and mission to help people to heal. Without further ado, from Wooversity, Stacia Sinisfet. Welcome to the Affiliate Podcast. I'm your host, Amy Stark. In this podcast, I'll be sharing messages of hope, healing, and transformation. I'll teach you how to shift your mindset, conquer your fears, and become the best version of you. You'll get to witness healings as well as hear from my mentors, teachers, and about the extraordinary journey I've been on for the last 14 years. My connection with energy is so strong, and I can't wait to share it with you. Let's get started. All right, I'm here with Stacia Sinisfet, <laughs> my teacher, um, my mentor, my friend, my personal healer. When I'm going through something, I definitely find out if she can see me. So I wanted you all to get a chance to talk to her or to listen to me talk to her because she is an amazing person. I am so grateful that I met you. I guess it was like four and a half, five years ago. Yeah. So Stacia opened a mom space and I had just become a mom and I was looking for community and I was like, wow, this place sounds great. Like they're into energy and they're all about moms. And so when I walked in, I happened to be with my best friend and <laughs> I'm like mingling and trying to make friends and trying to seem normal in this community. And my friend is, I love her, but she goes up to Stacia, right? It was to you. Yeah. And she says, I'm not married to Amy. <laughs> and Stacia was like, I didn't think you were. <laughs> like my mind went. <laughs> yeah. It was just funny. I think um, Michelle was just trying to be like, I'm her friend. <laughs> <laughs> and she has a wife, but I'm not her. Anyway, it was just really funny. So Stacia later, you know, after we got to know each other, told me about that story. I didn't even know. And there I was like trying to look normal and like, you know, assimilate and make friends. But anyway, so it, it turned out to be for the better, like getting to know Stacia. I started taking her class. So that was where I started. And I remember when I went to you, I was like, hey, I've been doing this stuff for, I don't know, what was it like 10 years or something like that. And I was like, so do I need to start at the beginning level? And you were like, everyone starts at the beginning level. And I was like, all right, fine. And I see why, like now, you know, honestly, I'm so glad that I did. Mm -hmm. um, I remember I had such blocks around the tools that you were teaching us. It's just a energetic block, right? Like it was, if I use the tools, I was going to become a different person. And sometimes we have those blocks that we need to work through. And that was what I worked on in the class was just like moving all those energy blocks, clearing past lives. I mean, we're going to get into some seriously crazy stuff probably <laughs> in here, you know, because it's all related. Becoming your true self is really just about going deeper and deeper into who you really are and just figuring out what isn't serving you anymore and, and what you can do about that. So I'm just going to let Stacia take it from here in terms of, yeah. So tell me, like, how did you get started with this stuff? Okay. Where to begin? This lifetime or other ones? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So like this lifetime, what, <laughs> what was your dark night? Did you have a dark night? Um, I wouldn't say so. Maybe the first 30 years of my life was that. I don't know. <laughs> so I didn't understand this as a child, but I was really sensitive and I just absorbed the world around me all the time. And I spent the bulk of my childhood sick. 
when I was a kid, it was constant tonsillitis and missing months and months of school. And it wasn't until I was in my 30s that I didn't necessarily get tonsillitis all the time, but I started to feel really depleted and unmotivated, couldn't get out of bed and seeking answers from conventional doctors. And none of them could give me an answer. They would say, oh, maybe you have depression, but you're not quite depressed. Or maybe it's chronic fatigue syndrome, but not quite. Maybe it's fibromyalgia, but not quite. That's the answer that I kept getting all the time. Yeah. And at this time, I was a business owner. I I actually owned a graphic design business. And it was really hard to stay motivated and, and present with my business and my you know, relationship that I was in, and I was just really struggling. And so a chain of events led me to a class in Boulder, Colorado called How to Heal Yourself. And I was like, hey, this sounds like what I need because no doctor is healing me. (laughs) (laughs) And I really had no idea what I was getting into when I took that class. So I went and it was the tools that Amy was just speaking of, very basic energy awareness tools, like how to ground yourself how to release energy that's not yours, how to replenish energy that is yours. These were all concepts that were brand new to me. I was like, wait, what? I have energy that's not mine in my space? And I realized how I'd literally been carrying around everybody else's energy, all their problems, all their feelings, everything in my body and energy field for 30. I was probably 28 when I found that class. So for nearly 30 years, I'd been a sponge carrying everybody's stuff around. And that class was life-changing. It was completely liberating to feel myself probably for the first time ever. Right. Isn't that so cool when you teach these tools to people? Yep. When people start to recognize how different it feels to let go of energy. And energy is a really esoteric concept because we can't see it. But these techniques, these meditations that I learned in that class really have an impact. So with that, I was sold. I was like, oh my God, I feel so much better. Let's do this. (laughs) And the next class that they had there was called the clairvoyant training. In that class, we learned how to read past life and aura layers. And it was really fun and super validating because I was like, oh, I can do this. But then my life led on a different path. And I ended up moving to another state, kind of letting go of my graphic design business, which had been depleting me. And I forgot about it for a few months until I started getting sick again. Mm. And the universe led me to a center where I had moved in Santa Fe, New Mexico, that taught the exact same technique. I was like, okay, I get it, universe. Mm-hmm. And so I joined their year-long training. And that's really where you dive into using the tools and techniques to heal yourself. So it's using your intuition and energy tools to then peel back the layers that you've picked up. So not only are you letting go of other energies, you're letting go of the stories that don't serve you that really aren't in alignment with who you are at your true core self. So I did that there. I never looked back. Then I did a teacher's training and actually in a ministerial training. I'm an ordained non-denominational minister. And then I started teaching there before I left Santa Fe. And then I eventually moved back to Boulder. And I started working at the center where I started with the How to Heal Yourself class for about five years. And I taught women's classes there, the intuition training, kids classes, all kinds of great stuff. And then after about five years there, I spun off and started my own center. And that's what Amy was referring to called a mom space. And my initial goal for that was just to be an extension of all the energy tools for parents, because it was so helpful for me. I became a single mom through this journey. And I really was able to keep my head above water because I had these tools and techniques. 
and mom's face became a little bit bigger than I had anticipated. <laughs> oh, really? Okay. In that it was just offering all kinds of groups and meetups for parents that extended beyond the meditation piece. Right. And again, I started to notice that, oh my gosh, this is energetically depleting for me. Hmm. And even though we're serving the community in one way, it's not my original vision. So then even though I was still teaching my classes, Amy took them. I backed off from the bigger, the bigger thing that it had turned into, um, and just started to focus again on the energy, intuition, self-healing stuff about three years ago. And that's going really well. And I have, you know, up to three years worth of training now. You can do it in person in Colorado. I also have online training, but what you traverse through, you know, like Amy said, everybody starts with a beginning class because it doesn't matter how advanced you are, especially in the spiritual work. What we're doing in that beginning class is getting in the body. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> and figuring out where we've absorbed all those untruths that aren't our own and really becoming familiar with our own energy and just sort of reclaiming our bodies for ourselves because we're in these bodies. Let's drive this car around like we own it. Right, right, yeah. right. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so big, so huge. I, I just remember thinking, oh my gosh, I feel like myself after I learned your tools and it was so great. And, and then it became this process where, you know, I would, let's say go home and then I'd get triggered because when you go home, you wind up like running into all your programs and all that trauma and energy and stuff like that and get lit up. And, um, and I'd come running back to the station and be like, help me. Um, because it's not always easy to be in the body and processing yeah. and feeling and seeing everything that's going on. Um, while you're still like eliminating the things that don't serve you. Yeah. And like, one thing that happened to me in my first year of training, I went through a healing crisis. So like I said, I went through the first 30 years of my life sick. It's this idea that as you peel away the layers, like what goes in must come out. Mm. And I got really sick. Like the doctors were testing me and diagnosing me with all kinds of things, like the most intense thing, thinking I had lymphoma. Oh, wow. Um, and it wasn't, I had a lymphectomy. They took out my lymph nodes and biopsied them. And I got like five other diagnoses and finally got this clarity that, oh my God, this is just, if you think about your lymph system and being sick your whole life, that's where all that energy was stored. Mm. And so as I'm processing everything out, of course, my lymph nodes were like vomiting. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting because <laughs> I have a problem with my lymph nodes too. Like they'll get swollen and stuff like that. I, my, well, there's no pump, right? So like, mm -hmm. it's interesting that the energy would get stuck there. That's the first time I've heard that. Yeah. And so I just stayed with the healing process, which was very uncomfortable in the body. It triggered all my fears. And, you know, if we talk about past lives, what I realized is that in many past lives, I died of uncurable diseases. And so anytime present day when I would get sick, I would go to immediately like, I'm going to die. Mm -hmm. I have a cold, I'm going to die. <laughs> no, but you're not. And that's just a past life memory. And truthfully, as I've been a healer, you know, I've been conducting private sessions and working with students for what, 14 years now. That is where the most change happens is when we look at the past lives. It's not where the most change, but if somebody first comes to me and they're pretty stuck, if we can notice those roots that began in a past yeah. life, that's where they notice a lot of change. And so once I started to clear my own fear that I'm going to die from a common cold, life really started to shift for me. Well, so let me just insert there some of the science behind this like whole yeah. past life energy. So they know that that kind of energy is stored in our DNA. It's a like around survival that we would carry that information. And they've yeah. looked at um, maladaptive behaviors being passed down in, in animals 
because it's imprinted in their DNA. So when she talks about past lives, it sounds esoteric, but it really is just the energy that's in our DNA helping us yeah. to survive. And we just need to rewrite it because you're not going to die of the same thing that you would die of, let's say, three lifetimes ago, because now we have sanitation, we have antibiotics, we have like mm -hmm. other things that are going to help us. So our body doesn't know that though. Like it's very primal in that it's like, mm -hmm. uh oh, that's a threat to our survival. So yeah. And actually let's talk about this whole idea of healers. Like you're a healer, I'm a healer. We've been through some lifetimes <laughs> where it like the messenger, it was really hard to do this podcast because of the past energy. I really had to work a lot around that. And I have yeah. for the last four years with you, but mm -hmm. um more recently I feel like it's been, you know, kind of <laughs> laying on thick, like reactivated. Of, yeah, reactivated, just make sure that's gone, you know, so that I can yeah. stay in authenticity and not get scared being the messenger. So go ahead and tell me what, what have you had to work through? Well, definitely that fear, you know, when I first started this work about a year into it is when I became a mom and I was a single mom and I had this like recurring fear in my space that my kid was going to be taken away from me because I was a healer or I was a psychic, you know, that word, there's so much negativity in society around it. Like I was terrified. And now 14 years later, I'm like, it's not going to happen, <laughs> but that probably happened some, sure. somewhere along my DNA line there were past lives. And, you know, I, I see a lot of that energy healing too of, the DNA, it's the ancestral lineage as well that comes through. So it might not even have happened to me. It might have happened to an ancestor and my DNA is remembering it. And right. it's so interesting to look at. So I had to work through a lot of that, the illness, just really speaking my truth. And, you know, another piece of holding space for people, whether they're a student or a client, is really recognizing that people are on their own journey. So my healing journey and how I overcame certain things looks very different for other people. Some people might do it faster. Like if your name's Amy Stark, I don't know. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> or, you know, other people do it really slow and just right. really learning how to be the space holder for somebody to affect their own change versus me doing it for them. So w let's take a moment and just talk about that. Like going fast versus going slow. Like, yeah. I mean, how many times have I had a growth period and I've been like, oh my God, you know, what the F? Um, because I do like to go fast and I'm like, okay, I know how to fix this. <laughs> you know, energetically speaking, I'm like, oh, well, I'll just, you know, I go at it in all the different ways that I know and tools and stuff. So it's not always pleasant, right? You have, go through mm -hmm. these, you know, Stacia taught me that they're called growth periods and, and, and you get a lot of students that will come in with growth periods. Mm -hmm. So you could go slowly and have it be more gentle. And sometimes, you know, it, I know that you can get physically ill, like you were talking about, right? So mm -hmm. I, there were a couple of growth periods where I had really high fevers for like five mm -hmm. days or something like that, you know, where my body was just burning up that energy, getting mm -hmm. me ready for the next level. So it can look many different ways, but most yeah. of the time you just feel crazy. <laughs> totally. If you're driving the car at 100 miles per hour and you're running into a brick wall, that doesn't feel so good sometimes. <laughs> you could take the scenic route and just notice. Yeah, notice. Bit. Yeah, I probably <laughs> hit the brick wall a couple of times. <laughs> yeah, and I'm kind of that person too. I'm like, just let's bring it all on. Yeah. Um, and another thing that I notice frequently, so if we talk about this work as somewhat spiritual work, we all have a body and we have a spirit and our spirit is very high frequency, high energy, high vibration. However you want to look at that. Our body is a lower density, a lower frequency and our spirits are often like, heck yeah, let's do this. Let's drive the car a hundred miles per hour. And our bodies are what go into resistance and like, Oh my God, I can't keep up. 
Mm. I actually see that a lot, a lot with Amy Stark, <laughs> a lot with Amy Stark <laughs> and a lot when students first start, because for the first time ever, we're sort of handing the keys over metaphorically to our spirit. What I would describe as competition between body and spirit. The body's like, I'm used to driving the car. What's going on? And spirit's like, no, come on, we're going this way. We're making this turn. And the body's really disoriented. So we have to work with that, like bringing body and spirit more in alignment and to work together as a team versus right, right. dragging the ball and chain around metaphorically is sometimes what a spirit might feel like. <laughs> Accomplishing isn't what the body wants to accomplish just yet. Yeah. yeah. I've actually been working with somebody else around that, just making sure that I'm staying in the body and not so much in spirit because being in the spirit body feels good. It's fun. It's super fast. Like you said, you know, like things can happen pretty quickly. Um, but the body is very much suffers when we're out of our body too long. Like the energy can't circulate through the body. Yeah. For someone ends up not healing in the way that. And they when we think about the idea of sponging up other people's energy, when you're not fully present in your body, like for me, I spent a lot of my life up here in the more higher frequency realms versus down lower body based realms. That's how you soak up stuff. You're like a big open sponge. So it's easier to become sick because our body by nature doesn't like energy that's not ours and it can cause dis-ease. Mm. Um, so the more present you are in your body, the more healthy you're going to be because your body needs your energy. So let's talk yeah. about how you were outside of your body or, uh, you know, however you want to mm -hmm. talk about it, like disassociated from the body or more in the spirit realm. Why, why do people do that? I, I mean, I'm, I did it. So I'm, I know yeah. why. <laughs> <laughs> There's all kinds of reasons. Um, for me, a lot of it was the sickness that I was experiencing was from soaking up other people's energy, but there was other things going on like family dynamics where it just felt better to not be so present in my body. So it could happen for people if they're unhappy, if they're experiencing pain. You know, I broke my back when I was 12 and that really disassociated me from my body because it was so painful. I didn't know that. Or maybe I forgot that. You knew that. You broke your back too. So. Uh, yes. Yeah, I know. I, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I know you know that, that I broke my back, but wow. Okay. You yeah, don't hear so, of a lot of people who've broken, broken their back. Yeah. So, yeah. Go yeah. ahead. So it can be pain. It can be trauma. It can be. So I work with a lot of kids now um, who might have certain diagnoses like ADHD or autism or things like that. For them, what I notice is their spirits are very high vibration. It doesn't feel good to be in the body, which mm. is denser. So they just choose to kind of be out a little bit more and, puppeteering <laughs> right right the body so there's all kinds of reasons you know i think the biggest ones are pain whether emotional or physical mm. trauma yeah or it could just be uncomfortable to be in the body mm -hmm. just in general it could just be yep. heavier than you want it to be or exactly it is important to clean up your energy and your body so that it is comfortable to like use it as a vehicle mm -hmm. so yep. yeah and just build a good relationship with it just kind of really respect the fact that hey it we're here having this experience in this body and be present with that. Let me ask you this. I definitely don't know the answer to this. So what would be like the craziest spiritual experience you've had, whether it's in a healing or for yourself or when did you, when were you like, whoa, <laughs> like every day. <laughs> I, I, know, I know. Right. Like that's why I love this stuff and I'm so passionate about it. And so are you. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if I can think of that story on the spot. You know, I would say a bigger overarching theme is when I gave the example of when I first started, when I was going to go on to the advanced training and I was like, I'm not clairvoyant. Wouldn't I be able to talk to ghosts and predict the future? 
to now, yeah, I talk to ghosts and beings all the time. And I literally look at like multi-universal interdimensional stuff that my brain never would have believed in Mm. 15 years ago. Where I'm constantly blown away is that when I do say hello to that very esoteric stuff in sessions is when the client or the student will have the most change. It's constantly like my muggle mind, for anybody that watches a Harry Potter muggles who don't believe in magic, doesn't want to go there. But if I just let myself intuitively flow with the information I'm getting, it's that, whoa. Mm. You know, I'm always tuning in intuitively to what the client can have because some people can't have that information. They're not ready for that change. Mm -hmm. But yeah, there's some, you know, sometimes I'm like, I could write science fiction movies and I would probably be a pretty famous uh, movie writer. (laughs) (laughs) We do see some crazy shit. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. So have you ever, I mean, before I got the tools, not necessarily your tools, but tools in general, like to deal with the spirit realm some crazy stuff happened by accident. So like, did you have any like mishaps prior to getting tools? I wasn't that person. You know, a lot of people have stories about talking to ghosts or blowing out light bulbs or (laughs) I will say that I had a misperception when I was pregnant with my son. Again, it was my first year of training. I was like, Oh my gosh, he's going to be the most psychic intuitive kid. He's going to walk around talking to ghosts and imaginary friends. And guess what? He's not like that at all. But he's very intuitive in other ways. Hmm. You know, that's another thing I've learned is the way that we are intuitive or empathic shows up so differently for everybody. Hmm. So for him, his gift is in emotions. I don't think his 12-year-old self would tell you that now. But his gift is in empathically picking up on people's emotions. Like when he was 12, I was really working on some emotional – I mean when he was two, sorry. I was working on some challenges inwardly. I wasn't saying anything out loud to him. We were driving in the car and I was just kind of worrying about him. And he, his little cute little two-year-old voice in the back says, I'd be okay, mommy. He knew exactly what I was feeling inside and worrying about. That's the way it showed up for him. It's not that he's like talking to ghosts, but Mm. he's super in tune in another way. Yeah. And then I have a daughter now who, So a lot of this work that we do, we talk about as you clear your blocks and your limitations energetically, you become a more powerful creator in your life just because you have more clarity in your energetic field. You've broken out of the systems and the paradigms that limit you. And so my daughters came in as a very natural, powerful creator to where she could want something and speak it out loud. And two hours later, it will show up, you know, in my mind, I'm like, you're never going to get that. And I'm like, literally, it'll drop in instantly. And yeah, she has no, yeah, she has no resistance to it. She just like, owns it. And honestly, she's almost like a firstborn. I've seen that with firstborn, they just think Mm -hmm. that they like, things that they want, they get a lot easier than let's say middle child that is has a twin. And (laughs) <laughs> in a family of six kids. But like, I I look at Fen sometimes and I'm like, wow, her like having this is so high. And, and I see that mm-hmm. with your daughter. And she also has said something. Do you want to say about the past life that she talked about? Yeah. So there's a cemetery in the town where we live and her Montessori school used to be around the corner from it. So she was probably under two, like maybe 18 months old. She was in her, a pretty early communicator talker. We drive by that. She said, mommy, that's where I was last time when I was a boy or she's she said something more like 
last time I was there is when they were having a party for me when I was a boy. And my sense of that was it was like her funeral. Oh, right. The party at the cemetery (laughs) when she was a boy last time. Oh, my gosh. Isn't that interesting? Like celebrating death, you know, like transition to a new body and all that. And she always talks about even now that she's older because kids lose their connection sometimes. But she still talks about that one time when she was the grandma. Next time she's going to be the daddy. And (laughs) That's so great. I really love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was hoping that my son would be super intuitive. Um, he's definitely also like uh, your son, very much more aware of emotions and mm-hmm. um, super stable emotionally, which I really enjoy and like. He's yeah. so flexible. But he only one time, oh my gosh, this was crazy. There's only really one time where he really blew me away. I was <laughs> sitting downstairs and having coffee and it was early morning and he had gotten out of bed. He was probably four. And he came down the stairs and he was like, mommy, the boy jumped into the portal in my room. (laughs) And I was like, what? And he was like, I was playing with him. And then he jumped into the portal. And I was like, how do you know what a portal is? (laughs) Also, like, aren't you afraid that there's a boy in your room? Like, he was just like, not no big deal. No big deal. Yeah. And so I was like, whoa. And only one other time that I asked him something, he was probably less than one. And he used to always go under those like crawlers. Well, sorry, the walkers like that, like move around the kitchen or whatever. And, you know, he can like eat Cheerios as well. (laughs) Anyway, he used to get out of them and then look underneath and like act like he was working on it like a car. And I asked him one time before he was verbal, really verbal. I said, did you used to work on cars? And he goes, yes, very clearly. (laughs) You know, I just knew like he never would answer a question like that. Um, So that was the only times that I can really say. Other than he, sometimes he he will talk about like the quantum field in a way that is not really him talking about saying, Oh, this is the quantum field, but he's like, I created you so you could create me. (laughs) And I'm like, Oh my gosh, you're so interesting. (laughs) Well, and that, that kind of brings me to another fun point to talk about in like how validating you are as a mom to like his awarenesses. You know, I, I've tried to work with parents and I do that with my own kids Um, because what I've seen as adults, when they come into the intuitive training, there's a lot of doubt, like you teach them to read aura layers and past lives. And they're like, almost everyone's first response is like, how do I know I'm not making this up? How do I know this is not my imagination? And what I see is that so often a lot of us adults and even many kids now have intuitive awarenesses and they say it to an adult. An adult will say, oh, that's just your imagination. So right away we get confused with our intuition versus our imagination, it gets labeled as that. Mm. And so we don't learn to trust our intuition and our awarenesses. And so it's great as a parent to be able to just validate and listen to whatever they have to say instead of labeling it as something. And then the other awareness I've come to with that as well is that to me, there's actually a fine line between intuition and imagination. They actually Mm. really work together. It's almost like imagination is an know what the word is a symptom of your intuition (laughs) quite quite the right word or an expression of your intuition so it's actually sort of trusting but in the quantum field it works both ways your imagination can help you to intuitively tune into what you're creating as a soul as well so it can work both ways like your imagination is an expression of your intuition but also your intuition can be an expression of your imagination or what you're creating. 
Right. I just uh, recorded a podcast around that. And actually, because of class on Monday, I realized that the word that you're talking about is entanglement. So you're you're entangling basically from what you were saying, you know, you have this ability to create the life that you want and you're here. So you're entangling with that imagination, you know, you're entangling with it in a positive way versus maybe a negative way, which is what worry or things like that. So when I left class, I was like, boom, whoa, (laughs) it was so cool. I don't even remember what we were doing the healing on. I'm part of Stacia's um, first year training in channeling. So we're, I'm practicing channeling and things like that. And I have been channeling through writing for many years, but not in the way that um, Stacia's teaching me. So it's very fun to learn her way and also be a part of these larger healings. So like, I just love how somebody goes in for a healing and we're all sitting there and it's a healing for everybody. Like everybody's going through an aspect of that. We're all just part of this quantum field. And it's so cool. And again, that's another principle of all the work that I do is this idea of um, matching pictures where Amy, Amy and I were just kind of chuckling earlier about the broken back thing. <laughs> That's like a matching picture that we have. It's an experience we've both had and we can recognize that within one another. And so the bigger principle behind the intuitive training that I teach, which is, you know, it's called a clairvoyant training most other places, but I brought it into intuition so we can feel because it's clairvoyant is clear seeing. To me, our intuition is really the ability to tune into clear feeling, clear seeing, clear hearing, clear knowing, Mm. but we're tuning into that field that Amy's talking about, that entanglement. I see it like a tapestry. The principle is that whoever's sitting across from me or next to me has a match or a message, or it's like a mirror in some sense. So maybe when I'm giving a healing, someone across from me, they're working on a lot of fear. It's reflecting back to me somewhere that I have fear within as well. And it's easier to see in someone else. Mm. Their story of why they have the fear is probably totally different than mine. But then I get to, you know, after they leave, I meditate for 20 minutes and I go, okay, where's my fear? Right. What am I afraid of? And then I get clarity on it. And so every time I work with somebody, I get a healing too. Mm. And it's that ripple effect of like the more you work on it, the more it ripples out into that quantum field or that tapestry, however you want to see it. And yeah. Also recently, I've been playing a lot with this concept of past, present, and future are all parallel. It's all kind of happening now. It's this entanglement. And it's, you know, so if I affect this here, how can I affect that up there? So like I said, you can't predict the future, but what if it's happening right now? And it's just a big mind warp to think about. But it's interesting because when I first started out with all this, you know, I felt like, you know, if I'm psychic, then I should be able to predict the future. And sometimes it was helpful, like, you know, for business deals and things like that. But I found that when I brought that awareness and I told somebody about it, I felt like it could put them in an alternate path. And then the other thing that I noticed was that it wasn't always helpful because sometimes I told them and then they did nothing with it. And then I was Mm -hmm. like, well, then whatever. You know, it just felt like it wasn't all that helpful. I feel like what's more important is just keep going inward, change this, keep entangling Mm -hmm. with the reality that you want. And, and then through the law of attraction, you'll eventually bring it to you. The other thing with predicting the future is we can change so fast that, mm. you know, I've heard stories. So one of my students was telling about me about her mom who went to a psychic and the psychic told her mom she was going to fall in love with a man in a pink shirt. So her whole 
you know, next decade she spends waiting for the man in the pink shirt to show up. And that actually became a limiting factor in that like all these other men were showing up who would have been wonderful partners, but she was waiting for the man in the pink shirt. Mm -hmm. And it's not that the man in the pink shirt didn't exist and how that person saw it for her at that time. But if you get too much in the details, people get stuck. Mm -hmm. So for me, it's like energetically, how do we really just hold the space to make shifts here at this point, open it up and make permission for those next steps to really drop in. I mean, that's really what you're talking about is like that reticular activating system. Like you gave it information to look for that pink guy in the pink shirt or not you, the yes. whoever gave it to that woman. So therefore she wasn't seeing all the other men that would have been helpful. And maybe one day he would have worn a pink shirt, <laughs> you know, when they were already in a relationship, right? Yeah. And she missed that opportunity. And it's, that's why I, I stopped really, you know, giving people that kind of advice um, and just really help them to match up to what they wanted to accomplish. So let me ask you what, so since you know me as a friend and a student, what has it been your experience working with me? <laughs> <laughs> that you like to go very fast. <laughs> You're a great change maker. Amy is amazing at uh, reading energy in the body. I actually have a story. I can oh, sure. Go ahead. This past spring, I was supposed to see Amy for a session and I texted her from urgent care and I said, um, can we do your session an hour later? I'm at urgent care. I might have a broken leg. And so I sent her a picture of my leg while I was there and she texts me back and she's like, it's broken right here. She draws it. The doctors at urgent care are like, oh, it's not going to be broken. We'll x-ray it just in case. Sure enough, the x-ray comes back exactly where Amy <laughs> had drew the line. and drew the broken leg. <laughs> so people might think I'm like crazy. I like that I can do that. Really, all I'm doing is just reading the energy. I mean, I know it sounds silly, yeah. but like I just scanned it and I was like, oh, there's a break in energy there. So therefore, there's a break in the bone. <laughs> yeah. And that's just one of the things you're really gifted at is like tuning into the body, which I appreciate. And everybody's gifted at different things. You know, especially when I'm doing a reading, I will get some body-based information, but my stuff is much more spiritual and energetic versus the body. And, you know, Amy's good at all of it, but you're so great at the body piece too. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I just realized, you know, along the way that um, it wasn't all that helpful to be able to do medical intuitive readings because I wasn't a doctor and I wasn't working with a doctor. So mm-hmm. I kind of was just like, you know what, I'd rather use my energy to help them heal and give them awareness about it. And, you know, also we, we could have talked about, I'm sure we did talk about the spiritual part of like breaking your leg. You know, there's always a, there's a reason why that showed yep. up, you know, energetically speaking and spiritually speaking. Totally. So it's important to work on all the components in my opinion. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And yeah, you just have like the biggest heart and I love talking to you every time <laughs> I'm, I'm with you. I just feel so happy and I'm honored to be your teacher because you are super gifted and it just is humbling to watch you continually progress. Thank you. Well, you definitely helped save me (laughs) Um, because I was sort of like, um, it was like the wild west when I would do my, (laughs) my healings and um, readings and things like that. And you certainly gave me um, a system and actually helped me to really protect myself and, and learn how to clear like the things that might be getting my way that I, maybe didn't experience in this lifetime. And it wasn't my gift at the time. And I remember you giving me this technique to look at past lives. And I was like, Oh, no, <laughs> like, I don't want to do this. And yeah. I used to like get so stuck in that, you know, and 
Um, you well, and that's like the program that I do. It, it is, it's like a formula. And for some people who come in like Amy, who are highly gifted and they're used to like the flood of information, it doesn't feel good to funnel it down and focus. And for some people that feels really good. Oh, thank God I can finally focus. And then there's other people, everybody can do it. Some people are like, I can't do that. I'm like, no, everybody can. Mm -hmm. Either you're like Amy and you're learning to funnel down or you're closed off and you're learning to open. Yeah, through that funnel. That's like the magic of these tools that I learned through that one class years ago. That's the gift of these tools. It gives you this certainty and trust and opening up into your intuition. And then once you can tap into your intuition and get out of the brain, the analyzer, it's, oh, the analyzer is yeah. helpful. You don't want to turn that off. But once you can really learn to trust your intuition versus the fear and the analyzing, so much healing can happen. Yeah. And so, yeah, Amy came in like, oh, I don't want to do the funnel. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I, yeah, I was, I'm definitely blessed that I can, you know, I have all the sentience or whatever. Mm-hmm. I, I, I hate even saying them because they're Claire sentient, Claire, Claire audience, Claire, whatever. Cognizant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're, they all come in and it is, and I've never thought of it like that, but it is like a flood and I'm waiting through trying to figure out what's important and what's not. Um, mm-hmm. And you definitely gave me those skills to like figure out how to access those things that are important pretty quickly. So thank you. You're welcome. You're awesome. And I totally love being with you as well. Like you're so special <laughs> to me and I really would do anything for you. <laughs> so <Ditto. laughs> yeah. <laughs> thank you for being on the podcast yeah. and um, sharing your wisdom with everyone. My pleasure. Thank you for inviting me. So Stacia, why don't you tell everybody about the course? Well, first of all, I want to say that I, I definitely was like, Stacia, you have to get this course online because I have people <laughs> asking me for help. And I can't teach them the tools because like, first of all, I'm not the teacher, but I also was, you know, doing healing. So um, I said, please get these online and then I will start referring people to you <laughs> because I'm sick of hearing them ask me for these tools. So tell us about what form did you build? So like I said, I teach in person in Colorado, but the online training I started is called Wooversity. I love it. And yeah, people used to tell me I was so woo-woo and that would trigger me. And I'm like, I'm just going to own it. Yeah. We're going to start Wooversity. So on there, you can take like the most basic class, just the grounding, learning how to clear your own energy to all the way up to taking the full first year of the training, which is really using your intuition to peel back the layers for yourself. But in addition to that, you'll learn some healing, energy healing techniques, learning how to work with spirit guides, all for the purpose of self-healing. Right. Many cool techniques on there. So, so your first course that you have that usually you make people take or you require people to take is called the Reclaim Your Space, it, right? Yep. Reclaim Your Space. Yeah. Um, and that's a solo course on there. But if you want to take the whole year long training, it's already built into that. Oh, okay. All right, cool. So I would recommend anything that Stacia puts out. She was has been so integral in uh, my transformation and, and becoming a better healer and having more awareness and not fizzling out and dying because <laughs> I was absorbing too much energy too, too quickly. Um, so <laughs> thank just you. just remembering that past life where she died. But it's not, it's <laughs> it's not, not true. Life. It didn't happen this <laughs> lifetime. Uh, at least not that I know of. <laughs> so anyway, it's super awesome to talk to you and thank you for being here. Yes. Thank you for having me. You're amazing. I'm excited to hear all your podcasts. Cool. Yeah. I'm excited <laughs> to share them with everybody. All content provided by Amy Stark and her guests on the Ophelia Podcast website or other platforms, including text, images, audio, or other formats, were created for informational purposes only. Always seek the advice of a physician or qualified health provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition. Amy Stark is not a doctor or a therapist.